What's up, besties? This is episode 19 of Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez, and hey, I'm still the second part of that title. First and foremost, I wanted to thank all of you for coming out to Fort Lauderdale to come see my band, Mike Valdez and the Noise. We had so much fun playing some music for you. Such a great crowd. You guys were so welcoming and loving, singing along. It was really, really awesome. Thank you so much for coming. And also, Orlando, I love you, Orlando. Thank you for coming to the Geek Easy That was a really fun show. I really appreciate everyone who came out. That was super fun. And I hope I can be in town again soon. Today's episode is my good friend, Allie Garcia. Allie is an improviser, and she is with the Society Circus Players, an improv team from Miami. In fact, if you're in the Miami area, they're going to be having a show at Duffy's Tavern in Miami October 12th. That should be a really good show. They're a really funny team, and I guarantee you that you're going to love them. This episode is really fun. We talk a little bit about where Allie grew up. We also talk about the TGIF lineup and also improv comedy. I think you guys are going to love this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy my friend, Allie Garcia. Hey, everybody. This is Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez. Hey, guys, guess what? I'm Mike Valdez. And today I have a very special guest with me. Allie Garcia. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Awesome. Before we get started, before I ask you the first question, here at Child Like It Best, we like to take a Flintstones vitamin. So, here are the Flintstones Complete Gummies. Very important. (laughs) I used to take the non-gummy version of these as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone did. Yeah, of course. Is it a dog? What is this? (laughs) It's probably pebbles. Yeah. So, (laughs) as you're taking that, can you please tell the audience where you grew up? I grew up in a little town called Holt, Michigan. Whoa. Yeah, which is like 15 minutes outside of Lansing and East Lansing, where Michigan State University is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. How long were you there? I lived in Michigan until I was 24. And then I lived uh, abroad for a year and a half. And then I came back to Michigan for, I think, like six months. And then I moved down to Miami. Holy cow. Yeah. And where did you go when you went abroad? Korea. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I lived in South Korea. Yeah. Okay. That's really great. What would you say is the big difference between Michigan and Miami, Florida? The big difference? I only get one. No. I, <laughs> we we have all the time. so, so many. <laughs> to make like, fun of everyone here. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I guess growing up in Michigan, I had a different experience because my dad is Cuban. So like the Cuban culture wasn't totally foreign to me. Sure. But like in Michigan, if you're Cuban, you're exotic. Yeah. And down here, if you're Cuban, you're like everybody else. Yeah. You're you're people or papa or whatever. Yeah, right. Exactly. So that was like different. But also just, I don't know, the attitudes are really different here of people. Like in Michigan, people are nice. People say hi to you for no reason. Yeah, people say hi to you. They smile. If they do that here, you think they're going to kill you. Right, yeah. Yeah. They'll let you go first in line sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) that never happens here. (laughs) It did. It happened to me the other day at Publix at the deli counter. Really? A guy was like, no, you can go. And I was like, well, that's different. Thanks, sir. (laughs) That's different. He was, that was his weird way of hitting on you. Right, yeah. You know, I'm going to let that broad get some ham before me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why someone from Miami talks like that, but... (laughs) (laughs) um so who would you say that you were at school like who did you hang out with at the lunch table that kind of thing oh wow i was a (laughs) i was like a theater band geek i was like deep in that me too but my high school actually i have to say my high school was really a beautiful place and you watch all those high school movies which i love Mm -hmm. and they all operate Basically on the idea that there's like the popular people and the jocks and the theater kids and all of these stereotypes, which Mm. are funny, but my high school really wasn't like that. Like people genuinely did get along with each other. We had a really good special ed program. Yeah. So there were a lot of special education kids there and the football players kind of adopted them and made sure no one made fun of them. The popular kids talk to everybody not necessarily you know i wasn't invited to the parties but they weren't mean to me sure um so that was really nice but yeah i I just had my (laughs) i wasn't invited to the parties but they weren't mean to me that's funny to me (laughs) 
Because <laughs> it's like it's like kind of mean. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> that's so funny. True. They but, called me names. They just didn't hurt me. By the time I graduated from high school, I did get invited to the party. I didn't go to it. <laughs> I didn't go. Yeah. But I got invited and I was like, well, I've made it. Yeah. Like here, here we are. I mean, say your expectations <laughs> higher. But I'll never see any of you again. Yeah. But thank you for inviting me to a party that I am not going go to. That I'm not going to. Right. Yeah. Tell me more about the theater program and all these things that you did. Like, were you in a bunch of plays and stuff like that? Kind of. So I was deep in marching band. I took four years of band so I wouldn't have to take gym. What did you play? Trombone. Okay, me yeah. too. Yeah. How <laughs> really? funny is that? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. So, I thought it was the funniest instrument. That's it is why. the fu- Yeah, it is. You know? Well, before, so we start band in sixth grade. Yeah. So in sixth grade, I actually played the French horn, which is like, I mean, if we're talking about the hierarchy of band, like French horn is like, it's the bottom. Yeah. Like the only thing below that is like your tuba players, mm-hmm. but they've embraced it. Yeah. Right? French horn kids are still like, I want to be cool. I would disagree. I think French horn is the bottom of the barrel because playing tuba got cool once Outkast came out. Like once Outkast put yeah. out Bombs Over Baghdad, everyone okay. was like, oh, I want to play the tuba. Right. You know what I right. mean? <laughs> and actually, I just saw the Roots in concert and they have a tuba player. Yeah. That dude is killing the game like well, I have never they're seen. They're all killing the game. True. They're like some of the best musicians in music. Of course. <laughs> but... To just watch a dude running around playing tuba, yeah. I was just like, you it's are awesome. blowing my mind, sir. It's awesome. Well done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but you don't see somebody running around playing French horn. Like, that's just not a thing. Like, not even, what is it, euphonium. You don't yeah. really see. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because I never really considered that, that it, it kind of is like, it's it, in the sense of like, a regular rock band, like the French horn is like the bass. Like people need it, but like no one's gonna be butthurt if it's not there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like if it's there, it's nice. Yeah. It's the exactly. cherry on top. Well, not even. Like to a musician, it's like completely necessary. But a regular <laughs> listener's like, I mean, who cares? You know? <laughs> so yeah, so I played French horn for a year. And I did I'm assuming like, you were first chair because you were the only person. There were three chairs. It was me and two empty uh, chairs. Tiny little boys <laughs> who were they were wrestlers slash band kids and they, they wow. quit eventually. And sure. I was like, no cute boys pay, play French horn. I'm done no. with this. No. I'm done with it. And so then I moved to trombone and that was much more fun. Yeah, that's way more fun. It yeah. it like it sounds like a sliding fart and then you can hit people in the back of the head uh-huh. you know with by sliding it right. that was the best then, instrument but pretend like you didn't know you just aimed directly for the back of their skull you're like I just I'm sorry I sorry. didn't know. seventh position's farther than I thought <laughs> yeah. oops yeah oops <laughs> I'm just trying to play my scales yeah that's all <laughs> yeah I I was in band till like maybe eighth grade and then that's when I moved over to choir because my choir teacher was needing guys and she was like oh if you come to my class and you I know think it's like every choir teacher is that what it is i think so like every choir teacher is just like pl- if you are a boy please be in choir yeah well, i hope that changes soon but i hope so too and to be fair i mean the reason why i went in in the first place and then i fell in love with it later on for a different reason but the reason why i went out in was because i was like so you're saying i'm the, the only guy uh-huh in just a room full of women. This is awesome. So that's why I started it. And then I found my love for singing and things like that later on and writing music and things like that. So then from band, you went to theater or was this both at the same time? Concurrent, yeah. Yeah? Because I didn't take theater class. Okay. It was an after school thing? Yeah. I just did like the after school stuff. I actually choreographed uh, one of the musicals. Nice. <laughs> yeah, because I danced for a long time too. Which one? Guys and Dolls. Nice. Yeah, I had a very. Sm- I've had very small like speaking parts. I wasn't good sure. at theater. I just liked hanging around. Yeah. And I worked in the costume room, which was where like I didn't care if I never stepped on stage. I was just like, I want to be in this costume room. I want to like see all the weird stuff in here. I want to give people their costumes. I want to like <laughs> help people pick out outfits. I want to organize. 
Man, can I tell you this? Uh, did you go to a public school or a private school? Public school. Okay. I went to a Christian private school, and our costume room was in the balcony of the auditorium, which is where they would have these baptismal classes every Sunday. Okay. And so, have I don't know if you've ever been in, like, a church, but... And this is going to sound funny, but I'm serious. There's nothing scarier to me than a church in the dark. Oh, yeah. Because... It's mostly because you see the silhouette of those weird pictures of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, that really scares me. And the shadows that happen. You're like, I'm not... And they... Yeah. Depending on the lighting, there's, like, flickering and movement. Right. And not only that, like, all these pictures of Jesus that I've ever seen, like, they never actually look like what Jesus would look like. Right. At least what I'm thinking he would look like. Like, he was very blonde-haired, blue-eyed, like, that kind of, like, Americanized Jesus. And so there's like all these like weird pictures of Jesus. <laughs> and then there's like the costume department. And it was like you had to pass these like scary pictures of Jesus to get <laughs> to get to our costume room. It was so scary every time. <laughs> I hated it. I mean, now I've embraced the comedy of it. But it's just like growing up when you're a Christian, you almost feel like you can't tell someone that a picture of Jesus scares you. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like right. you can't be like, oh, it scares me to be at church because they're like, oh, that's because you're demon possessed and we need to exercise you. <laughs> right. So, or like, no, I'm just, it's just scary. Yeah. It's yeah. super scary. Like that's what it was. So when you went home, what would you say were your earliest fandoms? I watched a lot of TGIF as a kid. Like, I feel like my formative years were all just Friday nights. We would get a pizza and we would watch TGIF. And like, that was it. And I watched every, I watched every iteration there was. Sure. Okay. Obviously full house was a staple. Yeah. Uh, Family matters staple. Yeah. But then there was like the hanging with Mr. Cooper years. Mm -hmm. There was the one, um, there was another one about a family that had like Patrick Dempsey in it. Step by step. Okay, yeah, Step by Step. Yeah, and Suzanne Summers. Yep. There was the one about a guy who was a coach. That was hanging with Mr. Cooper. He was no, a coach. No, in the opening credits, he had his, um, he had like balding hair and he would fluff out the sides of his hair and hang a spoon on his nose and look like a koala bear. <laughs> what the heck? I don't know. <laughs> what a but weird But I'm pretty sure show. that was on TGIF. Of course, Boy Meets World. Yeah. I was a big fan of Boy Meets yeah, World. Yeah, me too. That's one of my favorite shows yeah. of all time. And then when it started to get crappy, they got Matthew Lawrence, who I was in love with. And I was like, all right, I'll be here for this. I don't think the show ever got crappy, at least in my opinion. When they go to college, it it always gets like questionable. Ish, but I love that at the same time because they really were showing like real life lessons. But to be fair, I didn't appreciate it until I got older. You know, when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, they're, it's weird. They're married now, you know? (laughs) But. I remember all those shows. Man, I'm trying... Now it's going to kill me, this show that you're talking about. I don't think it lasted very long. I think it was like two seasons. <laughs> Watch it be like Coach Koala Bear or something. Yeah. That was the name of the show. <laughs> and we're just like, what was Coach Koala Bear? Because <laughs> like, I remember Home Improvement being on TGIF. I remember... Yeah, I, we watched a lot of Home Improvement in my house. Yeah, I would assume, like, being from Michigan, Tim yeah. Allen is like the president of Michigan, he right? He is the president of Michigan, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he's the Santa Claus of Michigan as well. He, yeah, he's he's it. He's technically he's the Santa Claus of everybody. Like whenever I imagine but Santa he's Claus, specifically ours. Yeah, I yeah. would assume so. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, oh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I think, one. was on there for a while. That was a real good one. Yeah, yeah. Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place was solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did it go off and then come back after a little while? Yeah, like it they, it went off and then they rebranded to yeah. just two guys and a girl, mm-hmm. which is super ironic because have you ever seen Thirteen Reasons Why? No, no. Uh-uh. Okay, I won't well, either. there. It's okay. You don't have to. There's this guy that's on it. His name is Tony. And he's one of the few characters where you look at them and you're like, are you sure you're in high school? Because you're 45. There's always one in every high school show and every high school movie. There is a guy who's 45. No, he's straight up like he looks every bit of 45, though. Like, it's not like, oh, he looks like he could be 18. No, he straight up looks every bit of 45 years old. And anyone who's ever seen the show is dying laughing right now because it's so true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and 
he apparently was married to the star of Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place. Really? Yeah, because he's 45. Right. You know? <laughs> but yeah, it's super strange. Like, I found that out. A friend of mine told me that, and I was like, wow, that's it really goes to show you how old this dude is. Holy wow. cow. That you're well, married to that Ryan girl. Ryan Reynolds was in that show. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is 45. Yeah. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds was... Like 20 when that show came yeah, he out. Was young. Yeah, he was real young. It was before he started playing the traditional the Van, the Van Wilders. Characters. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny because I've never been able to talk to anyone about TGIF because usually uh, some of my friends are a little younger. So they're like, they remember the shows because they've seen them on Hulu or, right. you know, repeats or whatever. They just never remembered. It was called TGIF or whatever. I find it so funny that the most watched day of television was on a Friday night. Right. (laughs) Like, how weird is that? Like, now it's just like, I wouldn't stay home on a Friday night for anything. Right. You know? Now I feel like Tuesday's the sweet spot. Yeah, Tuesdays or Sundays or like just days where no one goes anywhere <laughs> like it was a thing in the 90s to be like no i can't do anything well it was a thing in the 90s on. in holt michigan for sure i i think it was, it was a thing in poppin'. america <laughs> i think it was a thing in america though because like i mean maybe i'm wrong but i just think it was it was like a real popular yeah. thing it's just strange that that's <laughs> that that's what it was so you had tgif like what kind of movies were you into You've talked about, like, these teen comedies that you liked as well. Yeah, so, so, uh, yeah. Were you always into those? Into teen comedies? Yeah. No, not until I was, like, out of high school, I think. Oh, okay. There were a bunch of movies. So I went to a babysitter forever Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Like, if it was up to my father, I would still be going to a babysitter. (laughs) Right. But um, all through elementary school and even into middle school, I, I went to a babysitter. And we would watch movies there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. To, like, entertain or whatever. And I was... We would watch... Beetlejuice, nice. At least once a week. Wow. We watched like Kindergarten Cop at least once a week. Wow. We- <laughs> they were like these movies that I loved as a kid, and I, I've watched them now, and I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, why did you love this? Yeah. Also, Be- who was letting you watch this when you were like in fifth grade? <laughs> like, yeah, this that's is true. Not appropriate. That's true. But that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, those movies are good. They're just really. Beetlejuice is really dark, at least for a child. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's like, because the main theme is death. Right. You know, I don't know if you've ever, if you ever remembered, they made an animated series of Beetlejuice. I remember it. Yeah. I do. So it was nothing like the movie whatsoever. Because there were some like after school cartoons. Yeah. But she. I vaguely remember. Yeah. Like, like uh, Lydia was more a uh, main character in this movie, as was Beetlejuice. If you've ever seen Beetlejuice, he's in the movie for 13 minutes. Like, he's barely in the movie at all. Because it's not really about him. But this was like, she says Beetlejuice three times, and then they go on these, like, fun, wacky adventures. And it's not about death at all. It just happens to be these creepy snake-looking things. Right. All these weird things. So strange. Like, they even had a Back to the Future animated series. Like... There was nothing like the movie other than the fact that, like, they would use a DeLorean every now and again. Like, it was nothing like the movie. It was so strange. If anything, we're kind of getting there again with just, like, with movies instead of with TV shows. But the 80s and 90s was, like, if it was a successful movie, we made a TV animated series. I was just thinking that, that I thought this, this was, like, a current issue. But really, you're right. It has been around forever. Like, hey, this thing did well. Let's... Let's ride it until the wheels fall off. Yeah. And now it's like this thing did well 20 years ago. Let's do it again. Yeah. Or with a different actor or whatever the case or make a continuation. I was just telling a friend a couple of days ago, we were talking about Napoleon Dynamite. I was like, well, it's due for a sequel in two years. (laughs) Yeah. That awkward 15 years later sequel that no one asked for. You know, like, (laughs) because like, I don't know if you saw Dumb and Dumber 2, but it was a train wreck to watch. (laughs) I could barely make it through Dumb and Dumber 1. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. I I couldn't make it through Dumb and Dumber 1, but that's because of a different story. I I wasn't allowed to watch Jim Carrey movies when I was growing up. Oh, really? So, yeah. So I had to sneak a lot of Jim Carrey movies when I was a kid, you know, which is really strange. But 
I mean, I, I don't know if you ever did, but did you ever have to sneak anything? Like, did you ever have to sneak watching movies or even... No, I, I didn't really ever sneak anything, no. Really? Either your parents allowed you or you just didn't have an interest? Yeah, it was Pretty both. Much. Yeah, it was both? I think it was both. I'm an oldest child, sort of. Yeah. So I kind of just knew, like, we're people pleasers. Like, all sure. I want is for everyone to just tell me I'm doing good and like to please my parents and all of that stuff. (laughs) So I never did. I was never grounded. I like never did anything rebellious or anything like that. That was, that was my little sister. That's really funny. (laughs) Cause like I did like rebellious things or whatever, but now that you think, now that you're saying that, I don't think I got in much trouble ever when I was a kid, because I think the guilt that was in my family and the shame that it brought upon me was enough yeah. that my parents were like, it's fine. Like, just leave him alone. He's not going to get over it. You know, like <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing, right. which is true. Like, it's, it, I was very ashamed of myself in every way. But yeah, so did you have any commercials that you remember? Anything that's still in your craw? I don't know if I could recall one now, but... I can hear songs that I haven't heard in 15, 20 years and still remember lyrics. Same thing with like commercial jingles. Yeah. Um, Like, oh, actually the Big Red commercial. Yeah. Longer with Big Red. (laughs) That Big Red freshness lasts right through it. Your fresh breath goes on and on while you chew it. That one I remember. Man, it is so funny how while you were singing (laughs) that. Like I start, I'm starting to understand those ASMR weirdos a little bit because like, because (laughs) when you sang that, it like got this, like the back of my head, like started tingling where I was like, you remember this? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That brings me back, dude. Yeah. Like that and like, uh, freaking (laughs) Mentos, French and Fall of Life. Mentos, the French Mentos, the French (laughs) Or there was, um, there's a double mint one too. Yeah. They, they, double the freshness, double the fun. That's a statement of the great man. Double me gum. I think that's what it was. Yeah, and they hired only twins. And they, yeah, and it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, only white twins. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's the only gum way it commercials worked. back in the day. Wow. Yeah, and then what was the other one? Because uh, Wrigley's had three real big gums. Was it Winter Fresh? Is that the name of the gum? That's okay. That is a gum. Where like the girl, it was usually a girl. She was like hanging out at like her office or something. <laughs> she puts in a stick of gum and then she's like in the Alps. <laughs> she's like, and then she's like, well, guess I better go skiing. Like, because like, <laughs> because it's like, hey, does your job suck? Have a stick of winter fresh gum. Like, <laughs> right, right. That logic we were talking about earlier, yeah, applied to uh, gum commercials. Yeah, like gum commercials and like, I mean, the stuff for for like kids products was always funny to me. Do you remember my buddy? Yeah, it was My buddy and me. (laughs) Yeah. And then they had kid sister and it was always horrified. I was like, I don't know why anybody would want those toys. Right. Those seem horrifying. Like if I had that in my room, I know that I would look at it in the middle of the night and its eyes would open and yeah. it would like stand up and strangle me. It, I, I mean, to be fair, I couldn't. The My Buddy doll was what made the people that made Child's Play create that idea. Yeah. Where they were like, oh, we should make a doll that kills people. Right. Because that seems like it would kill you. <laughs> exactly. <And> so, <laughs> exactly. Because My Buddy looks straight up like Chucky. Like, that's what he looks like. Uh huh. Yeah. So I had a Teddy Ruxpin, and it was terrifying. You're right. Absolutely. <laughs> it was awful. If you don't know what it is, listener, it was a teddy bear with a tape deck in the back and you would put in a tape and then the idea was that the bear would read you the story mm-hmm. it seemed better on paper and the thing was like <laughs> i don't i feel like one of my friends had one or i saw one one time and it wasn't like a squishy nice teddy bear no it, it was, was like 45 a, pounds it was a plastic mm-hmm. box of a teddy bear covered in that creepy fur that you can buy <laughs> at the fabric store. Yeah. And its mouth just goes like up and down. Yeah. And it's. And you hear it going. Yeah. And then if it was broken, it would go. It was awful. Yeah. It was really scary. Very to listen terrifying. To that. <laughs> Very terrifying. 
I'm still scared of kids' toys. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Are you just mostly Teddy Ruxpin or no, just now like kids' all toys? Kids, like kids' toys now. Like a lot of my friends have kids or whatever. And their toys are just like they—they're they're all dolls that like have those dead eyes that just like <laughs> wink at you, or it's like robots that talk, which I—I I struggle with. It's just kids' toys are scary. I didn't think that kids had toys anymore. There are kids' toys; they do exist. My nephew, so I have a nephew. He just turned three. He loves dogs. So for Christmas last year, he got a dog. That, like, you can make it, like, flip around. You can feed it a treat. It'll poop out the treats. Of course. <laughs> and even that, I was like, That's this the most is fun. disturbing. Yeah, extremely. <laughs> <laughs> That's extremely disturbing. <laughs> there was a doll uh-huh. that they made for girls where, and like... she peed. And she peed all over herself. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yes, yep. I gotta change her. Like, it was, like, training little girls to be moms. Yeah. So strange, right? Very strange, yeah. And then, I guess, in the 90s, it was like, if you're a guy, everything was a gun. I guess it was trying to push you to be in the army or, like, something like that. It's weird to think about that now right? as adults. Yeah. Because really? everything geared towards men, even army commercials, it was like, how extreme are you? Are you not a man? <laughs> like, that's everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they like even... I, I thought it was a man. Yeah. Being they, a trombone. They even played with the, with that idea in the movie Mulan. You know, the, the whole... There's a whole song about, like, I'll make a man oh, out of make you. make a man yeah. out of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird to think that that was Donny Osmond. But, yeah. What about... Cereal? Did it, were you a cereal fan growing I'm up? I'm still a cereal fan. Yeah, I love, I, cereal is one of my favorite foods. I Me eat too. it for dinner sometimes. Um, yeah, my favorite cereal as a kid. We didn't really have sugar cereal in the house. Sure. I don't know why that was. Really, uh, we did have. So my dad had. Do you remember? Honey, uh, they were sugar smacks. Yeah, and then they became honey smacks. Yeah, we always had not a box of those, but my mom had a Tupperware container. And that was my dad's cereal. Okay. That's dad's cereal. So if we wanted some, we had to ask dad because this that was is a the common, cereal that he liked. This seems to be a common theme. I've had another guest whose dad was a very big Honey Smacks fan. Yeah. And that was dad's cereal. Yeah. That was a dad's cereal. Yep. For um, sure. But I really loved like hun- Honeycomb. Yeah. But my favorite cereal as a kid was Kix. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so good. There was one that they did forever ago. And it was my favorite version of kicks or they would have like these like berries in it do you remember this i think it was like wasn't it just called kicks with berries kicks with something berries something something like like that that. yeah where like the ratio was like one berry kicks to every four or five (laughs) kicks yeah you know so it was but and and like the berry one was super sweet so you would always dig through to get the purple ones i'm a purist i just love regular cereal yeah (laughs) yeah that's awesome do you remember any cereal commercials because all of those were always really funny too um the Sugar Smacks one had that frog that would yeah. like jump around. <laughs> yeah. Of course, there's the Tricks commercials. Yeah, right. Silly Rabbit Tricks are for kids. Right. Did he? Did he actually ever get Tricks? Ever? No, he has no. never in the history of this the world is, gotten Tricks. This is a predicament that I've had with people because he's the one that's explaining how good they are, but apparently he's never had them. So why is he explaining how good they are? Shouldn't it be the kids? Right. Because uh, he doesn't know. I'm assuming, or he had them and we never saw him have them. And he's just going off of the memory of that one time, you know, because good they are. You (laughs) smell kicks one time. Well, to be fair, and that's the only thing you can think of. To be fair, though, a lot of these cereals, the marketing was like, this cereal is crack. You know, like you're going to get addicted to this thing. That's how Corn Pops commercials were. All of the Corn Pops. Those are so good. Yeah. I mean, it's if you there was actually a video on YouTube of a guy who went through the Corn Pops commercials and went through the five basic psychology rules of addiction. (laughs) It was like, this is what actual drug addiction is. And it ticks all five of these things for this corn pops commercials That's so funny. where it's like you tend to ignore anyone trying to help you uh you uh, <laughs> like you don't listen to your parents anymore all you can care about is the thing that you're addicted to wow. um like it's crazy when you st- when you look at those commercials <laughs> like that 
Also, it stars Aaron Paul, and he was in Breaking Bad, so right. it's technically a prequel to Breaking Bad. So there's that as well. But foreshadowing, as exactly. they say, yeah, exactly. It was foreshadowing. So a thing that we like to do here at Childlike at Best is we like to review a box of cereal, and usually I like to review a cereal that has something to do with my guest in some yeah. way, shape, or form. So. I spoke with my sponsors over at Funko. Now, by sponsor, I mean that I like them and I buy all of their products. And by spoke to, I mean that I tweeted them repeatedly and they didn't get back to me. So it, they're on the way. It, the tweet's on the way. It's happening. Yeah. No, I tweet. I do tweet them. They never answer me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the cereal that I got for you, I'm so excited about this, was Harley Quinn cereal. How fun. Yeah. And so the reason why I got this for you is because you're a society circus player. I am. Right? Which is which is like kind of a clown. Uh-huh. You know? But also like which is you, you like also have a day job. Which is which <laughs> is do. what Harley Quinn is. Yep. She's a clown, but she also has a day job. I you do have I mean? a day job. <laughs> like she's like I just mean like she's like a normal person until she's a clown. Right. Like that kind of thing. Also, it's multi-grain, I have to say. It is. That's very exciting. It is. So I am going to open this box of cereal and pour some into my Reptar cereal bowl. And I'll make sure to mic it so that way all these ASMR weirdos can... Yeah, they're going to like that. Yeah, loop it and make it their ringtone. Yeah. Have you ever seen Batman the Animated Series or any of these Harley Quinn things? Um, I did see Suicide Squad. You did? And I, <laughs> Yes, I did. Oh boy! Uh, yeah, that's time I won't ever get back. Yeah, um, it's so bad. It was ungood. It was, <laughs> what is what does that mean? <laughs> like, I mean, I've seen movies that were worse, like way, way worse. Yeah, but they kind of lean into the worseness. I guess and this was just like I'm not mad that I spent money on it, but I, <laughs> I feel but, you. There's. A lot of things that made me upset about that movie. One thing is definitely for sure, the movie was like if Hot Topic became people, and then they <laughs> yes. all started fighting each other. Yes! That's yes. what that movie looks Accurate. like. It also felt like they would ask Will Smith to do scenes, and they'd be like, <laughs> like the scene in particular where he's holding the gun and, and shooting all the things, shooting all the targets. And he's like, I've got to get me one of these or like whatever it is that he says. I feel like they did that a couple of times. And the director was like, yeah, but can you do it more like Will Smith? You know, <laughs> right. and he's like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I'm like, and then they like had playing these... a character and they were like, but how about Will Smith? Yeah. Yeah. Can you like just be Will Smith? Like, just be like, oh, hell nah. Like, I got to get me one of these. And he's like, I mean, I guess. So, ironically, (laughs) it seems like he was held at gunpoint to make that movie. And also, they went back to make, like, a whole bunch of jokes. And they made, to me, like, it's like a Big Bang Theory style of comedy. You know, where it's not really a joke. It's just a thing. So, like, Killer Croc, that's the character. Where, you remember when they go in to his jail cell and they're like hey man what do you watch and he's like BET and that's the joke like you're supposed to laugh that he's right. watching and, BET and there's just silence and you're like yeah. I don't know how to feel about yeah, that yeah I don't know if that's a like is that a joke right I, I don't get that right so that's kind of like how Big Bang Theory does a lot of their jokes there was a scene in particular where they were playing foosball and one of the characters was like we'll be the Autobots and you guys be the Decepticons. And then it got this huge laugh. And it's like, that's not a joke. Those are just things. Yeah. That's literally like saying, I'll be blue, you be red. Yeah. You know, and people, and then people laugh because you said colors. You know, <laughs> like... Red it, is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, colors. Those yeah. are things. <laughs> yeah, it's I so can't. Strange. A lot of sitcoms I can't watch. I just, I don't laugh at them you know what's really strange especially about big bang theory is that everybody knocks them for having canned laughter those people are real that's the thing that blows my freaking dick off yeah because it's just like i can't imagine real people finding that funny right (laughs) you know what i mean right but there really is a studio audience full of people finding that funny I mean, maybe someone's <laughs> cueing them. Maybe they're just really good at at cues. I mean, they better be getting paid. I hope so. Yeah, I don't right. think they are, though. I really think that those people just go because they love the Big Bang Theory. Bless them. <laughs> I mean, someone's got to like it, am yeah. I right? 
<laughs> that's been on forever too right yeah, to be fair there's more people that like it than people that don't yeah and it's mostly people like us that don't like it who are the people that they're depicting on that show so <laughs> it's everyone it seems like the masses are laughing at us right <laughs> which is why we don't like it because <laughs> we're like we're not like that <laughs> but it's true so anyway Going back to what we were going to do, <laughs> um, it would be fun to review this serial, but I think it would be more fun to review this serial as Harley Quinn. So I'm going to go ahead and play some Harley Quinn music, which I have no idea what I'm going to play here. Can't think of a single song from the Suicide Squad soundtrack that would sound good on this, but we'll pick one. Here we go. And uh, and you can review this serial as Harley Quinn. Good enough for me. That's <laughs> so loud. <laughs> kind of tastes like Apple Jacks and bubble gum. Apple Jacks and bubble gum? Yeah. That's such a strange combination. I dropped one. (laughs) It's lost forever. Yeah, Apple Jacks and Bubblegum. That's it? That's that's all I got. Well, Harley Quinn, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I also do uh, impressions, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by Ugly Drinks. Ugly is a company that makes sparkling water with real fruit flavor. No sugar, no sweetener, nothing artificial. And with every purchase, a percentage goes to the Girl Up campaign. Ugly Drinks comes in delicious flavors like peach, lemon lime, cherry, and my personal favorite, watermelon. And guess what, Child Like It Best listeners? You can receive 10% off your first order by using the code UGLYMIKE at checkout. It's true. Usually calling me ugly would be offensive in real life, but at UglyDrinks.com, it'll save you money. Visit UglyDrinks.com and use the code UGLYMIKE to get 10% off your order. It's time to get real. It's time to get ugly. So let's move on to what you're doing now. You're a part of the Society Circus Players. Yeah. Am I right? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm always afraid that I'm going to get the name wrong in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's it's a long one, yeah. It's not that it's long. It's just that I'm afraid that I'm going to say circus first or society first or I I don't know. It's weird. I have dyslexia as well, so there's that. Um, But (laughs) I have dyslexia. So, (laughs) (laughs) but... When did you start doing improv? I started improv, I want to say seven years, eight, seven years ago. My first ever improv show was on my birthday, so it's easy to count back. Okay. So at that point, I guess I'd been doing improv maybe like six months or so. Did you start here in Florida? Or I did. did. You? Really? Yeah. Okay. It's funny. I used to watch Whose Line Is It Anyway right. with like my family and my mom was always like, you could do that. You could, you should do that. But I didn't have access to that. Like no one's doing improv in Holt, Michigan. Like, please. <laughs> yeah. I came down here and, uh, had a friend at the time who did improv and was like, Hey, I think you could do this. Do you want to try? And I was like, yeah, I got nothing else to do. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I have a very similar story with my family as well, where we would go to theme parks like Universal Studios or things like that. And we would go on Jaws and we would see those like skippers, I guess. Mm-hmm. And every skipper was different. Sometimes you'd have a good one. Sometimes you'd have a bad one. And if they were good, it made the ride awesome. And if yeah. they were bad, it was the worst ride of all time. My parents were always the people that were like, you should do that. That should be your job. Yeah. And I just find that funny because <clears throat> your parents expected more of you. Like they were like, oh, you could be on TV. Right. My parents were like, you could work at Universal Studios. You know? <laughs> Thanks, mom. But, yeah. I really appreciate that. But I was also just a really shy kid <laughs> for a really long time. Sure. But I was funny. Yeah. And so I think that's what they thought is like yeah you're shy but you're you're funny you could say funny things yeah do you consider yourself social or antisocial now 
Um, I'm social with people that I'm close to. Right. Like if it's like come out to this big thing with a bunch of people that you don't know. That's I'm, mostly what I mean. Yeah. I'm yeah. not, I'm not about that. But if it's like, we're going to go have happy hour. I think that's so funny because I find that there's a giant percentage of entertainers that are like that. Yeah. Where we just don't want to be around people that we don't know, but when we're around people, we know we're very different. Yeah. Which is so strange because it's our job to entertain people we don't know, <laughs> which it's so strange, right? But to me, that's contextual, right? It's like, I'm, I'm on now and this is the role that I'm taking on mm -hmm. and I can escape into that and be that person as opposed to just like, I'm just me right now and I, I don't want to entertain anyone. I just want to sit here and be quiet for a minute <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah. I the, the way that I always thought was I was just like you know whenever I go to a concert of like let's say I go to I don't know fill in a blank of, of a band that you like or whatever and you're at their show and you're in the crowd and you're up in the front and you just hate your life because you're just around all these people that you don't know. They're sweating on you and freaking coughing and farting on you. And you're just like, I just want to get out. And I, I just want the Backstreet Boys to come out, sing, freaking. I want it that way. I want it that yeah. way so I can go home. You yeah. know, and that's it. But the irony is that if I were on the other side, it would be a completely different story. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which is so weird. Mm -hmm. But what made you want to start doing improv was it your friend or was it because you saw a show and you were like oh i could do this or i guess it was just i wanted to try a new thing you know mm -hmm. which i guess the whole point of improv is just say yes so yeah <laughs> which i didn't know when i said yes to it but i just wanted to try something new and i i had been creative in some capacity for most of my life i danced when i was really yeah. young i had music i did acting in in high school I did a little bit of acting and dance in college and I had really lost that like creative outlet in my life yeah other than writing but even that I wasn't doing consistently or for any purpose um and so I think it was maybe just looking for something creative to do so I could fill that area of my life that had been full for so long yeah yeah that's awesome. You started taking classes I'm assuming I've never for, taken classes you never taken classes yeah. you just started I'm actually kind of like I actually feel really weird about that. Like so many, everyone that I know who does improv, save a very few people have taken classes and done classes. And I think that's wonderful. And like, yes, go learn. Like that's amazing. I've trained with some extremely great improvisers and I've taken workshops and things like that, but I've never taken a formal class of any kind really. Yeah. Um, to be fair, every performance is a class. Yeah. Every time you're rehearsing, it's a class. Yeah. It's all the same thing. Yeah. And know? I have a lot of, I don't know, I don't want to say uh, shame because I don't feel ashamed about it, but I think it's that idea of like, I do a job because I trained on the job to do the job as opposed to I do the job because I went to school to do the job and now I do the job. The job is getting done either way and yep. both paths are valuable to doing that job. But I think if you're on one path, you kind of think about maybe I should have done it another way or something. I yeah. completely understand what you mean. And even in real life situations, right? Like not even yeah. just improv. I mean, in the sense of like, you go to business school to be an accountant and then you can't get a job because you have no experience. And yeah. it's like, yeah, because I've been in school for four years learning how to be an accountant. Exactly. You know what I mean? So right. as opposed to people who just go out and become an accountant, entry level accountants, yeah. and then they work their way up. Like exactly. Either way, the job is getting done. And I don't think one way is necessarily better than the other. It's just what's the path that you take that works for you at that time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny that we're that we're talking about this because I don't know how it's going to change in the future, but I think it's starting to get to a point where I think for many jobs, education and school matter, but it's also getting to a point where it doesn't matter in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, I think about that a lot. I mean, I'm in education. I'm a professor in real life. So obviously education is something I value <laughs> in my own life we are in real life but yeah <laughs> but also something that i value just as a, a principal yeah um and i think there's not a, a lot as a principal not as a, a principal of a school p-l-e not yeah. p-a-l yeah <laughs> not yeah. a principal not a principal right yeah. but I, I do think about that a lot and i've had conversations with students of like 
you know, I don't know if this is the path for you right now. Yeah. I do think education is valuable, but I don't think we're being honest with students and saying it's not, it's not your path right now. Right now, maybe you should go work or right now go travel or right now you're not ready for school, but maybe you'll get there after working for two or three years or moving somewhere or whatever. I, I definitely think we try to shove them into a mold that isn't for everybody. That's definitely true. And yeah. I definitely think that, you know, cause I have immigrant parents and I have a feeling that because they work so hard to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. They think not... hard work looks a specific way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy because now hard work means, you know, posting an Instagram video, yeah. you know, <laughs> so it, it could mean so many different things now, you know, but it's, it's really, really strange. This, this whole, our, our whole generation, at least our particular generation is weird right now because it's just like you can't really get a grip on it, you know? Right. I don't know. Right. It's, it's, it's hard to instill the value of education when you can be Instagram famous. Like that's a real thing that you can get paid money to do. I have a, a former student when I was teaching high school who is, I don't know if she's a model or an influencer. She is something on Instagram. There was a podcast I was listening to with Josh Peck, and he was talking to the creator of Instagram. Okay. And he said this thing that just sounded so real, and it, and it was awesome, but it was, like, depressing at the same time, where he was, like, <laughs> he was like, I don't know if you realize this, but I can go back home, and I can get all of the codes to the app that I created and delete them, and millions of people's lives would be ruined. That's just, sobering. It's cool because you're just like, yeah, you're right. But then it's super depressing because like you start thinking about it. Like there's just going to be a lot of people applying for Starbucks jobs, mm-hmm. you know, because what else can you do other than whatever inspirational thing you're going to say while you're showing your boobs? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, like, right. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's a weird, weird time. But not only that, if, if that's what you're doing to make your money, that's fine. But you're also opening yourself up to everyone else on the internet who wants to hate you for no reason. Yeah. Like, I, that's the thing I don't think I could handle is, like, I'm here for support. Like, if you're if you're super into whatever, a, a pet shelter, and you, like, want to rep it all over your Instagram, and you, what, I don't care. Yeah. Because that's a genuine thing, and I'm I'm cool with that. But then, like, every second of your life is up for scrutiny, and everybody else is just trying to like find a little thing to make themselves feel not as crappy yeah and to bring that person down it's just that seems really hard oh yeah 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 i got a little bit better at that because i was it was really hard for me at first but then my buddy david was telling me he was like look no matter what you do, especially when you're posting like YouTube videos of something, you're always going to get dislikes. Mm-hmm. You have to look at it as if the percentage of likes is a little bit higher. That means that what you did was successful because there's always just going to be those douchebags that are like dislike because I feel like it. Yeah. You know, and right. like have no reason. They just do it. I can't tell you how many YouTube videos I've seen countless and I have never, ever felt like putting a comment on that video. Same. I'll read them. Yeah, I'll read them too. Yeah. But yeah. I never, I have never felt inspired enough that someone was so bad that I had to tell them, or inspired enough that someone was so good that I had to tell them. Same. If it is something that I was like actually inspired by, most of the time I'll try to go to something more personal. Like I would go to a Twitter page or something like that instead of a YouTube comment section because to me, a YouTube comment section is like the alley of like Gotham City, where it's just like awful looking. It's the garbage can yeah. in the alley yeah. it's, of yeah. Gotham City. Yeah. yeah, it's just the scum of the earth. And then two or three people that love Selena Gomez are there as well, because for, <laughs> for some reason they have to tell you how much they love Selena Gomez on a Nickelodeon Rewind video, which makes no sense. But <laughs> but yeah. And also, yeah. there was an app a while back called Vine, and 
Mine? Vine. Oh, Vine. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I came up with this thing to try to get more followers and it worked. And it was this idea of like, I will sing any song you want for you. Because for me, all I had to do was sing a song for six seconds. Like I didn't have to learn the whole song. I could just learn a really quick hook and send it to the person. But I would put it up publicly, but then like at the person and say, hey, I, I sang this for this person, whatever. And it was really beneficial. And sure, I got a lot of people telling me what they thought about how I looked, how I dressed, yeah. how how overweight I was, how whatever it was. But the person who asked for me to sing that song would always say, oh, my gosh, you made my day better. Right. You know, and That's to me, matters. it made me learn, oh, that is the only person that matters. matters. Yeah, that's it. Like, I don't care what any of these other people have yeah. to say about it because I'm not singing a song for your stupid thoughts. Right. You know, I mean, I read my comments on rate my professor. Every is that a thing? It is a thing. It's 100% a thing. They took away the chili pepper. Oh, my God. Um, but it's, what is this even? What is it? Still There's a, thing. a chili pepper. What is there that? was a chili pepper? What is that? I heard that the chili pepper was like if the professor is hot. Which is not appropriate, what? but also hilarious. This is they took the that away. craziest thing. I've never heard of Rate My Professor. Okay, hang on a second. You are episode 19. This is by far the craziest thing I've ever had to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Please tell me everything about this. Why didn't we start with this? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so Rate My Professor is a website... Um, where you can go on and rate your professor. You can read about professors. I never made one for myself, but I had one. <laughs> you so can make a profile. So someone must have. Well, someone must have rated me, and then I went on to see if I had been rated, and I had been, and then I could go in and confirm that that was me. Yeah, and you rate them like it's a one through five like rating, and they can write comments and stuff. And some of the things are like, is the class easy or hard? Um, if you come late, it'll never pass. Um, is the is the professor like funny? Blah blah blah. So I I read the comments on that, and I don't have a ton of them, but it will send me spinning for days. Like if oh I get a negative, gosh. I will I will spin out for days. Oh my! So gosh. I can't imagine like. I don't, Fine videos and YouTube I, videos. I certainly and all kinds don't. Of I certainly don't <laughs> want to open wounds for you. But can you share a couple of things that people have said? One, my favorite one is that they rated me all ones, but said very nice things. <laughs> so they just didn't read the rating system, or they think you're number one, or yeah, they just didn't. Yeah, I think they just didn't read or understand the rating system. Um, so that also makes me mad because I'm like, no, but my rating is actually higher, but they just didn't understand the rating system. I do have a couple of she's funny, which I like one student, actually the one that I hold in my heart that makes me feel happy is every assignment that she gives you actually makes you learn something. So I'm just, that's the one I take away. That's good. Yeah. At least one person thinks that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So how many of these students said you were hot? I don't know. They took it away. They took it away? The yeah. The chili pepper doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, if it were more of like a YouTube or a Vine kind of situation, I don't think the chili pepper would matter. They'd tell you in the comment section. Right, exactly. Yeah. Whether they thought you were hot or not. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That also reminds me, do you remember the website Hot or Not? I remember that it was a thing. Like, why would anyone ever do that to themselves? Did you... you not you specifically, but people put their own picture up there, and then you just said that if they were hot or not. Yeah, it's as simple as it sounds. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I must have done that. Not put myself on there. I would never do that. Yeah. Because, I, again, I would be devastated. The first person who was, like, not hot, I would be like, why? What's what's going on? What, what do you mean I'm not hot? How, what's, huh? I'm almost 100% sure that the creator of Hot or Not was Mark Zuckerberg. Really? Yeah, I'm almost 100% sure. And also, I do remember that there wasn't a comment section. It was just a rating system of just like 1 through 10, of whether you thought the person was ice cold or hot. Yeah. So strange, man. And then we what wonder why world. our yeah. generation is shallow. Yeah. You know, like... And we wonder why the hit show on MTV is, is how shallow are you? You know, 
MTV's How Shallow Are You will be back in 10 minutes, you know, or whatever. It's just like the worst. But anyway, going back to improv with you, when did Society Circus Players start? Uh, we just celebrated year five. Holy cow. So you started yeah. two years after yeah. you started. Yeah. So I was with another group at that time. The The person who was leading that group left. Um, and then we kind of picked up and formed Society Circus Players from there. Yeah. With whoever was left over. And then, yeah, we've been around five years officially. Officially a company um, for two years, I think. But we've been performing as Society Circus Players for five. I've actually been to a couple of your shows. I don't know. The, the first one I went to, I don't think, was a Society Circus Players show. I think it was just you and Dash, I think. Maybe. And then I saw the one that you guys did at Artistic Vibes. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the and the, the like, kind of we, Avengers. The Battle Prof show. Yeah, the Battle Prof show. Yeah, That's what it was. we did a Battle Prof show with Simpen at Artistic yeah. Vibes. Yeah. yeah, that was a really good one, for Thank sure. You. That was super fun. That was super fun for us, too. Yeah. Since you've been doing improv for so long, do you have any funny stories, like any funny stage memories or embarrassing memories or anything like that i'm sure i've done embarrassing things on stage sure i'm sure and usually it's one of those things where i'll like say something and not realize how it sounds Mm -hmm. and then once it hits the air i realize how it sounds and i'm like "Mm, yeah that's that's comedy by the way that's not what i meant (laughs) that's That's comedy yeah that's That's, not what i meant that's comedy at its truest form (laughs) is saying something and not realizing what it sounds like until it's already been said yep and then you're like, no, yeah. come back. Yeah. No. People's feelings are already hurt. Right. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, like, yeah. there's nothing I can do. Yeah. I mean, I try, we're family friendly more so than I think some of the other groups. Of course. Playing. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing too awful in terms of like terrible language or like overtly sexual things and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But yeah, sometimes something will come out of my mouth and I'm like, why did you? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I also don't remember shows specifically unless I like rewatch them. (laughs) Like once it's done, I'm like, that was, that was fun. And now we're done with that. Let me tell you, I, you just reminded me of something. (laughs) I was doing a show with a improv team a long time ago. I can't remember how long this was, but it was a while back. And our team for the most part, was struggling with the idea. They thought they were struggling with the fact that they had been doing a lot of blue humor and, you know, swearing a lot. So as a team, collectively, we were like, let's just have a clean show. And we went on stage, and the only person who (laughs) swore or did any of that was me. (laughs) Now, the reason why that's funny is because we went backstage after the show and one of the guys was like, I find it really ironic that the guy that never swears mm-hmm. <laughs> and never does any of that, the moment we say we're having a clean show, it's the dirtiest he's ever been. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know, man. I, I think it's because I have a problem with authority. I think it's because <laughs> the moment someone says you can't do that, I'm like, I'm going to prove that I can. It. Yeah, You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's... Uh, it's kind of awful, but yeah, I I want to say it was, I want to say this was your actual anniversary show that Dash was talking about where you guys were playing this game and he was talking about making a lobster roll or something. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 So, he, so he's allergic to shellfish. Right. But my argument is that we had just been to Maine and several of us had ordered lobster rolls so he could observe what it was. And he thought that it was some sort of a sushi roll. Yeah. So he's, ta- he's like making it in the scene or whatever. And he's, he's grabbing rice. Right. <laughs> well, fake rice. <laughs> right. And I was like, what? Do you think there's rice in a sushi roll or in a, in a lobster roll? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I do love it when like real life sneaks into the stage and you can just make fun of the person. And, like, oh, yeah. And everyone just best. laughs. Yeah, it really is the best. That's the absolute best. Yeah. Uh, there was that happened to me one time where <laughs> where somebody we were we were doing a scene on like we were on some date like a double date kind of a thing 
and the suggestion that we made that we asked for was like, oh, the, they're they're out on a double date and give us a suggestion of what they're doing. And somebody said they're playing. I want to say that they were playing racquetball, right? And I've never played racquetball, right. and I don't know what that is. So, <laughs> so I was there with this with this girl pretending like I'm on this date, and I'm like picking up this giant ball because I was like the at least like. At least I could just make fun of, like, the monstrosity of, like, you know, whatever. And she's, like, talking and, and like, making and, and, like, doing, like, little things. And I'm picking up this, like, <laughs> this, like, fake huge ball and throwing it to the other side. And she's, like, how big are these balls? <laughs> and I was, like, I don't know. I've never, <laughs> I've never played. And then somebody was, like, uh, they made some reference of, like, you know, no, man, you got the, you got those big, like, you know, those, those gym balls where you like, uh, you like stretch oh, on them, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and they're like, no, the racquetball is this. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I had no freaking clue. I've never played racquetball <laughs> before. That happens all the time where it's just like, yeah. somebody says, oh, you, your job is that you fix cars and you've never you don't know yep. about car parts at all. For so you're sure. just like, yeah, the freaking flux capacitor and like, you know, whatever. Right. And people are like, the flux capacitor, like the thing from Back to the Future. 100%. Yeah. It's always real fun whenever that happens. What would you say is the best show that you can remember that you've ever had? The best show I can remember that I've ever had. Um, we had a show where we debuted, uh, we called it the rom-com. We called it the rom-com. That's awesome. And it's an improvised romantic comedy. You know, Love there's it. the meet cute and all of that stuff. Love it. And at the end, when the couple actually met, because the whole time, just like in any romantic comedy, right? It ends with them meeting and you realizing like, okay, they're going <laughs> to, these, the, these are the ones. Um, at the end, when they actually met each other, the whole audience just goes, aww. Nice. And that happened a couple of times. That's nice. a cool feeling because yeah. you took people on a journey. And like, yes, it was funny, but you can also have other feelings, yeah, which is really cool. Like, that's one of the great things about improv, I think, is, yes, it's funny. And like, people want to be here to laugh and, and we can create this cool thing together. But it's OK to feel other feelings, too. Yeah. And I've had scenes mostly in rehearsal. I don't know if it's ever happened to me in a show. I've had scenes where. I turn away from whatever was happening in that scene and I'm like, I need a second. Like right, I was right. so emotionally in that moment sure. that I need a second to like not be that person for for yeah. a couple of seconds and remember like, who who am I? This is improv. That was made up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're not actually in love. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I totally know how you feel. Do you have any moments where you were like, wow, that was a horrible moment, you know, or like, or that kind of a thing, or like, that was a real bad show. Do you have anything like that? Um, I've had pieces in shows where I thought maybe it wasn't great. Sure. But in general, I like to think that, you know, what we put out is something that is of quality. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of times improvisers will be like, oh, the audience was this or the audience was that. It's, it's not their fault. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the audience is one person or if the audience is a thousand people. Like yeah. it's, that's what our job is: is to make it a good experience for everybody. And yeah. I think in that mentality, we're all doing the best that we can. And sometimes, for me, the moments that don't work are the ones where we're just not meshing. We're all just trying to do too much of a thing for whatever that reason is, right? Like I have a lot of people in the audience, so I'm trying to like flex a little bit. Mm -hmm. or, uh, this is my favorite game, so I really want to just, like, attack and be in it. It's, like, those moments when you're just not being genuine and you're not being a team player that kind of just put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. But you realize that's what's happening, and you move on and try better next time. Yeah, that's definitely something that improv is really good at doing for you if you're in it, because it really just doesn't work unless you're all together in it mm -hmm. at the same time. Because any moment where your ego gets too inflated or someone else's ego gets inflated, it starts to become, I, I don't even know how to, how to describe it. Like it could become. It's just not fun anymore. Like it's not right. fun to watch. It's not fun to play. You're just like, okay, this is your show. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll support you because that's what improvisers do. But yeah, I want to have fun too. 
Yeah, it, it's real strange. Like, it, it reminds me of, like, uh, did you ever see the movie Don't Think Twice? Yeah. Yeah. We actually re- went together as a, as a, tr- as a team. I feel like it. that's a very improviser <laughs> field trip movie. It but, was, yeah. but, yeah, every character is someone from an improv team that you, yeah. that you know. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's that person who's super talented but is too shy to show it. There's that person who needs to be the center of attention and doesn't care about being in the scene and just cares about being funny, which a lot of people would argue is me in the situation, you know, because that's kind of how I do improv a lot of the time. And then there's the person who's taught improv and has gone nowhere in their life and is just the teacher of doing improv. Mm. There's like all these different kinds of characters and they're all real people. Yeah. It's an interesting movie. If you've never seen it, listener, you should definitely watch yeah, it. Yeah, watch it. Real I think good. It's on Netflix or I think it's on Netflix now. Yeah. You can watch it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Anything Mike Birbiglia does is always really great. This episode of Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by Liquid Death. Liquid Death is 100% premium mountain water straight from the Alps. It has natural electrolytes and minerals and it comes in an ice cold, infinitely recyclable can. Visit liquiddeath.com or go to amazon.com to pick yourself up a 12-pack of tall boys. Liquid Death Mountain Water. Murder your thirst. And ripping this page from the Josh Peck Curious Podcast Diary, what would you say are your Ali Garcia commandments? Truths that you want to impart to other people in some way, shape, or form. I guess one education is important learning is important um not just like formal learning in a classroom but learn about yourself learn about other people learn as much as you can learn something every day be kind to people be open a lot of you know if you're if you walk through the world with open arms most of the time you will have a positive experience um i've been a lot of different places and i find that my attitude really dictates what happens to me in those places. Um, and it's always just been a really positive experience. Um, travel as much as you can. Don't just stay where you are, but go to another town, go to another state, get on an airplane and go somewhere. It's really, really important to learn about other people in other places and have as much fun as you can, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Eat as much cereal as you can. <laughs> That's awesome. Where can people find you online? And also, where can people find Society Circus Players as well? So I am at Allie K underscore Allie G on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, My Instagram is private, though, just because I'm an educator. And I was an educator in high school for a long time. So I just didn't want students following me. And we are at Society Circus on Instagram. We have a Twitter that exists. I'm not sure what it is, but at Society Circus and scpimprov.com is our website. Awesome. And for me, you can find me at Instagram at Mike Valdez on Twitter at I am Mike Valdez. You can go to whoismikevaldez.com to find out the answer to that question. And that's it. This has been an episode. Allie, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you. This was really fun. Tell all your friends to listen so we can grow this family. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Bye, besties.